In planning for retirement, there are many strategies that can help shape your income. If maintaining your current lifestyle is a goal of yours, stick around. On today's show, we'll outline several ways to find the best retirement income that helps you achieve your goals. Welcome in to Your Retirement with Sam Jones. Welcome to Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton, and for Dual Financial Strategies, uh, we have uh, Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, and uh, Luke Van Abel in studio, and it's always good to have them. And you know that number, 866-203-7486, to get that no-cost, no-obligation retirement lifestyle review. And if you are nearing retirement, you might wonder what the best retirement income investment is and how you're going to turn your savings into income. So there's a lot of factors, as Sam said before, to consider uh, when you're choosing a retirement investment, including your age at retirement, your savings amount, and, of course, risk tolerance, which is always, uh, Sam, very important. So uh, let's start it off with you and uh, what we mean by retirement income. Well, that's, uh, you know, that was fairly self-explanatory. That's the income that you're going to need to generate after you stop bringing home a regular paycheck. So you're going to become your own employer at that point in time. It'll typically come from a couple of different sources, uh, retire, uh, withdrawals from your retirement savings, of course, and Social Security. So that's usually the two things. If you're one of those folks that was lucky enough to be in a job where you had a pension, you could be drawing some income from that too. Could see some other streams. Uh, maybe you've got uh, real estate, so you're you're getting a, a an income from real estate. Uh, but that's that's what it's going to be. That's the amount of money that's coming in, and that's going to be used to cover your bills. You know, rent, groceries, medical expenses, travel funds. Uh, we always break that down into two different kinds of income and two different kinds of needs. You either have what is called discretionary needs, um, or you have just uh, basic everyday needs. So that's why it's critical and absolutely crucial to ensure your retirement income is enough to sustain you and your lifetime for the entirety of your retirement. Yeah, that is very, very important. So Andy, uh, let's talk about that uh, entity called risk tolerance, because I think it has a kind of an inverse relationship to your age, doesn't it? Well, it certainly can. And I know historically, it definitely has. Um, retirement savings accounts, you, you may or may not be technically choosing your investments. For instance, if your accounts came from a 401k, then you had to participate in whatever the company you worked for, whoever they partnered with, um, gave you pretty limited options for the most part. Um, you could be self-directed, that's for sure, which means you would have more options or could go anywhere that you felt comfortable investing your money on your own. Um, most people don't do that. They're going to choose to work with somebody who's either in the suitability category or the fiduciary category as far as advisors are concerned. Uh, they definitely differ in how they work with you and probably the investments that they choose as well. So you need to be aware of who you're working with because that can have a profound effect on your account. For instance, if you are working with a suitability advisor who technically works for a company first, that's how they get paid, um, they generally will use mutual funds. They may use some variable annuities. Um, so be very mindful of, of those choices. And um, again, the company generally dictates to them what they can use in their investment accounts. So you need to be aware of what your risk tolerance is. Um, if you are confused or haven't ever really dove into finding out what your risk tolerance is on our website, dualstrategies.com, you can go to the upper right-hand corner where there's a little hyperlink you can click on. It says, what's your risk number? And that will give you a good 
um, benchmark to figure out how and you think about money. And then it's going to assign you a number between one and 99. One being most conservative, 99 being least conservative, and somewhere in between. And then you can actually, um, from that point in time, we can ferret out what type of account that you're in now and what your risk tolerance is. We, I just met with a younger client the other day. Um, his risk score came up in 89. His account that he currently had was a 32. There was a vast difference between what he desired and what his account was actually doing. And he, unfortunately, wasn't working with an advisor that sort of understood what his desires were. So as you approach retirement, your risk tolerance will probably narrow, if you will, and your portfolio will shift to investments that are probably less volatile or less um tolerant of market up and down simply because you don't have a great deal of time where you can deal with the downs and waiting for them to come back. And their best retirement income investment may be a little bit lower reward than what you've seen in your past, but that also may mean that when the market goes down, you will not sustain, or that's the goal, that you wouldn't sustain as big of a drop in your account. So be aware, know who you're working with, know what your own personal risk tolerances so that you can be pretty informed when you're interviewing people to work with. All right. We're talking uh, retirement income, what it is, what forms does it take along with uh, Andy, Sam and Luke. And Luke, uh, I wonder when we talk about uh, the various forms of income, looking for that goose that laid the golden egg, can you count on income from investment returns and solely do that? That seems it would be very dangerous. Yeah, it can be challenging, Chuck, to count on retirement income, specifically for most of your our listeners who have 401k plans. Um, the reason for this is that, you know, your 401k plan, you know, maybe it's averaged five, six, seven, eight percent over the last, you know, kind of since the dawn of time. But we have to remember that this is an average return. That's just the middle number. You know, there's there's plenty of times that you made more than that. There's plenty of times where you had less than that and maybe even negative returns. So, and we also have to remember that that 401k plan, that's predominantly designed for growing. It's either sort of all risk on or all risk off. There are new tools needed to generate the income to replace that working income that Sam was talking about earlier. So, it, it, it's we can't count on the investment returns as much as we can count on if companies are paying to own us, if we have or own them, um, if we have real estate holdings that are paying us every single month. Um, you may, as you get closer to retirement, be looking for more consistency in those income distributions and some tweaks may be needed to your overall strategy to get you there so you don't have to rely on the whipsaws of the market being up and being down in that average rate of return. Absolutely. So uh, let's uh, ask this question now. Uh, how do you make the income in retirement last? That's something that I know all of our listeners, Sam, want to know. So I know we've got some suggestions here, starting with uh, uh, an obvious one that we talked about uh, before, and that is wait, maybe delay uh, your retirement age. Yeah, you might need to wait, folks. I mean, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news here, but um, I know it's natural for everyone to want to retire as, as soon as possible. But I've, I've ran into a lot of scenarios throughout the last 20 years where people were just you know, hell-bent on retiring and they just simply could not afford to do it. Not for the length of time that they would be retired. You might be able to do it for 10 years, 12 years. But the problem is if you retire too soon, 
and you do not have enough money when you retire, um, you're going to run into problems and you're not going to realize those problems and they're not going to become life changing until you're 75, 80 years old. So now you're 20 years deep into retirement. You just had to retire when you were 55. Now you're 20 years deep into it. You're 75. You're running out of money. You don't have enough money to sustain yourself. And you're toast at that point in time. You, it's not like you're going to go back to work at a $100,000 a year job. That's not going to happen. So make sure that you have your ducks in order. It's so, so important that you plan these things out. Absolutely. And another way to do it, Andy, is delay your Social Security benefits as well. Correct. You can begin taking your Social Security benefits at age 62, but you won't be receiving the maximum amount possible. So every year that you delay taking benefits, the more your benefits will increase until you reach the maximum age of age 70. It's about an 8% increase every year that you don't take it. So if you can hold off taking Social Security until your full retirement age, which varies based on the year that you were born, you will receive more monthly than you if you'd started at age 62. So it's probably somewhere around 66 or 67 and some months is your full retirement age benefit. So you can check that on the Social Security website, ssa.gov. All right. And Luke, another way to uh, prolong and uh, may extend or stretch out your income in retirement is basically on the other end of it. Review your expenses because the less you spend, uh, the more you'll have. Right. And this is an area that we can very much control. We can very much uh, look at, you know, a variety of different areas to see, you know, what has our lifestyle been costing you prior to retirement? What will it cost you in retirement? Are, 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 are there some things that will go away? You know, will you downsize um, the big house that, you know, fit all the kids in it and move to an apartment or something like that? Do you still need two or three vehicles um, if both of you are no longer working? Um, are you going to move maybe to a state that has lower taxes? Are you going to snowbird? All those factors will help alleviate some of the expenses, will alleviate um, and help keep more money in your pocket. I think another area to um, at least explore, better understand is also um, not just your retirement lifestyle expenses, but also the expenses within your investments. So do you understand how those work? How are the how is the advisor that you're working with getting paid? And is there anything to do uh, that can be done to reduce those or at least provide you more in the way of value for the amount of money that you are paying them? Absolutely. Now, Sam, as we wrap up this segment here, uh, while you're working, don't forget, make higher contributions if you can to that 401k so you'll be able to have more money to save later. But it's always wise to talk to a retirement planner when you do that. Yeah, you may need to increase your contributions if you're within a few years of retirement. That's something that, that you should think about and, and probably discuss. But the biggest thing, Chuck, is just yes, yeah, setting down with someone, setting down and talking about these things and talking about them in the context of what you want to do, how you want to go about things and what your retirement is going to look like. That's why we call it a retirement lifestyle review um, is because people are coming in and talking about their specific retirement needs. And that's one of the things that we do. I mean, retirement is what we do every day. It's what we've always done for the last two decades. Uh, so we're very well versed. And we've talked to many thousands of you throughout the years and uh, worked with so many of you getting you to retirement and through retirement. Um, and that's just the key to it. But the key to it is, is personalization. You know, Chuck, the other thing, the key to it is working with people that you are comfortable with and that you like. Uh, we, we believe that a big part of the process of finding the right 
retirement planner, the right financial advisory firm, is being on the same page. You like them, they like you, you're on the same page. Uh, and this extends all the way into what their thoughts, their ideas, their ideologies are. And that's uh, very, very easy to do because you're going to like what you hear from Dual Financial Strategies. If you've liked what Sam just talked about, give them a call at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486 for that retirement lifestyle review. They've got an office at Appleton, one in Green Bay. So when you're listening to us here anywhere in the Fox Valley, uh, remember, it's your retirement. And it's all about you. There are fiduciaries who care about you firsthand. 866-203-7486. Sam, I think we're going to have to tackle inflation once again next. Yeah, boy, we've been talking about it a lot lately. Uh, so following the accelerating inflation and rising interest rates that plagued 2022, many investors have taken measures to protect their portfolios in order to secure and grow their nest eggs. Find out what you can do when we come right back. We're back on your retirement. I'm Chuck Caton, along with Sam Dool, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel of Dool Financial Strategies with over uh, 22 years of experience now uh, in this field of financial planning, retirement planning, anywhere in the Fox Valley. And remember that it is 866-203-7486. That's the number. No cost, no obligation. And as Sam said uh, in the first segment, get to know them. Hey, you like them, you're going to be able to work with them. They like you. They're going to work with you. It's just uh, that kind of compatibility that helps in your retirement. And it's a question that most of us have, uh, how to keep a nest egg safe, secure, and growing. Uh, one answer is annuities. So let's dig in here and see what the talk is all about. And feel free, uh, all three of you, uh, Sam, Andy, and Luke, to, to discuss this uh, uh, in, in great detail because there are a lot of things we've talked about in the past about the, uh, the pros and cons of annuities, the conceptions and the misconceptions, Sam. So uh, what are we talking about uh, with annuities helping in retirement planning? Yeah, annuities is one of those things that people tend to either uh, they tend to either be very attracted to or they they hate them. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're an advisor or a consumer. But we also find that annuities are an instrument in retirement, and they're nothing more than that, folks. They're just another instrument. They're just another asset class. They're just another solution. They may be the right thing for you. They may not be the right thing for you. But we find that people become very close-minded on these. Uh, they tend to do the research via you know via the internet and you know if you're looking for an unbiased opinion on annuities fisher investments it's probably not the place to go why i hate annuities anybody that has such a horribly horribly biased and strong opinion one way or the other on these instruments has an agenda i don't care what you say but they have a sales agenda they're either trying to scare you or they are trying to excite you so just remember that annuities have a specific purpose it's one of two things you're usually either trying to protect what you have while having some sort of growth inside of it, or you're trying to generate a almost like a, a self-funded pension plan. You're trying to generate a lifetime income. Now, in this context, we're only talking about fixed annuities and fixed indexed annuities. We are not talking about variable annuities. 
I don't mind if you have a variable annuity. I don't care if you're one of the people that are selling variable annuities. We do not enter into that field. And the reason is not because we don't believe in it. We don't, we can't do it. It's just the fact that we have never in our time together ever found a variable annuity that could not be improved upon by something different than that. So just be aware when you're doing annuities of what kind they are. Yeah, that's a key because uh, you can go uh, statistically, Andy, and talk about a lot of uh, research that's done with the uh, total annuity sales. And I would imagine that uh, of those total annuity sales, a, a minuscule percentage would be of those variable annuities. I would assume so. I mean, candidly, those are the most I think talked about or or the talking heads on television don't actually ever state which type of annuity they are discussing right. or they talking about. They just love about. them or they hate them. Yeah, they, they just love them or they hate them. Yeah. And so consequently, you never actually really find out any information about them. I, I mean, perfect example for you. We had a client who was sold three different variable annuities. The fees started off at 4.68% and went to 4.94% before they ever made any money. So from their perspective, they hadn't made any money in the last, I think they were in there for six, eight years. Because it's almost impossible. It is. When you have fees that are that high, there's no way that you can make money on the front side of that. So just be aware of what tools you're being offered or sold in many cases, um, because that's very important. I mean, yes, you can add different riders to almost any type of annuity. However, do you need those riders? What are you trying to accomplish with those riders? Usually fixed annuities don't. Fixed annuities are just a, probably a longer term CD if you're more comfortable with a CD than that's basically a fixed annuity on steroids. So Except it's issued by an insurance company. Issued by an insurance company and generally yep, and generally has a little bit higher interest rate. So just have a very clear, transparent conversation with whomever you're working with regarding annuities. Fixed indexed annuities fall somewhere in the middle. Again, you cannot lose money because of what the market's doing. But if you have fees on there and you have a year where you don't produce any interest, then of course that fee is going to come off the top of that. So just understand, do you need a rider? What are you trying to accomplish? Is this a play for growth? Is it more of a play of, I need an income stream? What are you trying to accomplish with that tool? Well, and that goes to, Luke, that goes to the title of the book that I did, Purpose Determines Placement. It's like, often we see people that will come in with an annuity that was sold to them. Right. There was no no clearly defined purpose Mm -hmm. in why they had it. They just got it sold to them. Mm -hmm. So... The purpose of, of owning something is very important, and, and, and annuities, I think, particularly important. It is. And I think another aspect of when you talk about purpose determines placement, another important aspect of retirement planning is, and when we're talking about in the context of you know reducing your risk exposure, um, helping during high inflationary times, is something called correlation. And that is, you know, if you own five different things and they all move in the same direction when the market goes up, they have a high degree of correlation. But if you've got something that will zig when the other one zags, that can be helpful. That can be like a true um, diversification tool. And annuities can help decorrelate your assets because they're providing some protection for your nest egg. There's less market volatility there. Your principal um, is going to be protected. Um, if we're talking about the fixed annuities, not, again, the variable annuities. So these are some other things to consider when we're talking about the safety of these tools and how they can fit into a larger retirement portfolio. Yes. And the other thing is, this is not for 100% of your money. Absolutely. No. This is for a portion of your money. And so anyone who's trying to talk to you about, oh, you should put all of your money in a tool like this. No, 
It's not. You should not put all of your money into that. And in most cases, you can't. So just be mindful that um, you really want to understand what the purpose is, what you're trying to accomplish, and, and how this tool is going to accomplish that. Which is no different than you wouldn't take all of your money and put it in Tesla. Right? Exactly. Correct. Exactly. It's no different. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's very, very true that, uh, as Luke said, uh, you can decorrelate your assets. Uh, it also is customizable. I mean, that's the nice thing about some of these annuities. As you said, the fixed index, the fixed annuities, and the, the good ways to tweak and to be able to protect your assets in retirement. That is so important. And I, I guess I could uh, cite a bunch of statistics, but it seems like there's a, 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 a inverse correlation between uh, the market and annuity sales, right? Because when we had that Yes. Big recession back uh, 07 to 09, uh, annuities uh, went uh, surging, didn't they, uh, Sam? And then oh, sure. the bottom line is that, and that is something that probably we saw a lot of in 2022. Well, we're seeing the same thing actually starting now. Uh, 2022, it seemed like people were just kind of paralyzed. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people didn't want to do much of anything, but we're starting to see a resurgence now. I've, I'm getting person after person after person that's coming in and asking me about these um, because they were so devastated. And, you know, like if you own if you own something like a fixed indexed annuity uh, with no riders on it, just a straight plain vanilla product, um, you didn't make any money in 2022. But the... Um, the thing that goes along with that is you also didn't lose any money. And it's it's fascinating to me how people will come in and describe exactly what they want. They'll say, look, I'm not greedy. I'm not looking for sexy cocktail party talk. I'm not looking to make 25%. Boy, if I could just chug along in the, in the mid single digits here and not have a tremendous amount of volatility or no volatility, and if I could have some protection, some downside protection, I don't need to have access to all of the money. I just that's what I'd like to have. Well, you just described very concisely exactly, exactly what a fixed indexed annuity does. And then you'll say, well, here's what you just described. You just described, oh, I hate annuities. Well, what do you mean you hate annuities? Well, my great, 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 great grandfather twice removed. One time he bought an annuity and he didn't get his money back. Well, yeah, that was like 80 years ago. Mm -hmm. And that's not how they work today. Well, so yeah, that's true. And and so I guess uh, when we talk about uh, why you would use it, how you would use annuities as uh, an instrument uh, for retirement savings is one thing, Andy, you have to look at is what does your time horizon look like, right? Correct. I mean, this is very important from a standpoint of, again, where are you in this spectrum of retirement? Are you retired yet? Are you going to be retired? Um, The whole point of an annuity is so that you don't run out of income, period. End of story. That's its whole job is to make sure that you have a steady stream of income for the remainder of your life. So if Social Security isn't cutting it for you, and let's face it, Social Security was never meant to be your retirement. It was meant to be a supplement. But that's, of course, when you had pensions and other such tools. So an annuity can essentially facilitate basically a pension. That's what pensions are made of is annuities. So when you're looking at a time horizon, yeah, it's important to understand there are surrender charges on these tools and how long are the surrender charges? There's generally some sort of access that you have, be it seven or 10% access per year. If you're talking about a fixed annuity though, those are shorter term, three years, five years, seven years. And you really need to make sure um, some of them have limited ability to reach in and grab money out of that. And so you want to make sure that you are understanding the type of tool that you uh, are 
are looking at and then what's the purpose of that money and are you going to need to reach in and grab some because you want to make sure that you have the ability to do that without a penalty. Right. And uh, finally, Luke, very quickly, what's your goal? I guess you would ask your client uh, to use an annuity. Right. Overall, what's your goal? What's the purpose of the money as Andy was starting to talk about? We find that there's three really common scenarios. The first being someone's looking to utilize an annuity or their retirement funds and have a level of principal protection in order to keep their retirement assets safe. In that scenario, you may um, want to consider a fixed annuity or a fixed indexed annuity um, as the tool to provide some of that principal protection. Scenario number two is someone hoping to add um, their nest egg, add to their nest egg and provide some additional guaranteed income. Um, This is like having your own personally funded pension plan. See, most of us don't have that on our own, so they can be used for guaranteed income every single month. And the third scenario is someone that's looking to protect their legacy. Maybe you're more concerned you've got enough other money to cover your day-to-day, but you want to ensure that your assets pass on to the next generation in an appropriate manner um, that's tax-advantaged that won't blow up their tax situation. Those are kind of the three different areas that might help you... um, go and find the best tool for you. So if you want to get that tool and get the right tool, uh, see uh, Sam. Well, I didn't mean to be a poet here. See Sam Duell for that yeah. proper tool, right? Well, <laughs> are, are one of us at least. That's so. right. And uh, it, the number is very simple. 866-203-7486. You'll get that retirement lifestyle review. See how annuities fit into your retirement plan here at Dual Financial Strategies uh, because that retirement lifestyle review can be yours when you make that phone call at no cost, no obligation at 866-203-7486 because it is all about your retirement we've got to take a break what's coming up next sam when we come back we'll get rolling rolling over your 401k that is and we'll tell you why it can really help you boost your retirement savings We're back here on uh, Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton, along with Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel, and, of course, Sam Duell of Duell Financial Strategies. Uh, with their over score of years of experience, uh, they're in the Fox Valley, they're in Green Bay, they're in Appleton, and their phone number is 866-203-7486. Chuck Caton at uh, their side here, uh, a former Wisconsin resident. But that was over 40 years ago, I hate to tell you. <laughs> but uh, It, it doesn't a, count anymore, Chuck. No, it was a great, great four <laughs> years we spent from 75 to 79 in uh, your capital of Madison. We loved it. We lived in a little town called Wanakee, mm-hmm. uh, which is north of uh, Lake Mendota, mm-hmm. as you know. So uh, we're going to talk. And I used to see the uh, lake uh, rolling during thunderstorms. You'd see those oh, sure, waves yeah. and everything. So when I think of rolling... Uh, something entirely different comes to mind because most baby boomers, of which I am one, are nearing retirement and have uh, had as many. Now, I don't apply to this. They've had as many as a dozen jobs over the years. I've been lucky enough to have only three in all those years, but uh, three different people that I've worked with. Uh, but they have multiple retirement accounts. Maybe some of you out there have that. The 401k is probably the most common, but the question is, What have you done with these accounts? And we're going to start rolling out some options for you here, starting with a little bit of a definition. So, Sam, give us the definition of what an IRA rollover is. Well, an IRA rollover is simply a transfer of funds 
from a retirement account into a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. IRA means individual retirement account. So if you have a 401k at work, when you leave work and you're going to take that money, you will roll it over. It's not a complicated process. You're simply taking it for the, the, the most simple analogy. You're taking this money out of your right pocket where it's called a 401k and you are moving it over to your left pocket where it's called an IRA. Now, rollover denotes that you didn't touch the money. You directed it from one place to another. Therefore, there are no distribution tax consequences on that because you never touched the money. So it's always a rollover. And also remember, folks, don't get really caught up or confused with these terms with 401k, 403b, 457 plan, all of those types of things, SEP IRA, simple IRA. Those are all exactly the same in the in the eyes of taxes. So you're rolling over any of those accounts into a qualified individual retirement account. Yeah, the nicest one of them all, though, is the Roth. And uh, we can talk about that a little bit later on, about rolling it over into a tax-free situation or converting money, which is another subject. But, uh, uh, Andy, break down uh, what an IRA rollover entails. Well, as Sam was saying, <clears throat> IRA rollovers can occur from a retirement account, which is your 401k if you work for a private company, 403b if you work for a hospital or a school district, a 457 if you work for a government position. All of those accounts are essentially the same. It's just telling the IRS where the money's coming from. And then that has to, when you leave um, that employer, then you will probably want to roll that over to your own IRA so that you can control and go anywhere you want to with those assets. That's the beauty of them is that once you're into an individual IRA account, you can do what whatever you want within the reasons as long as the account is still titled an IRA. Um, as Chuck was saying, yes, if there's a Roth situation, there's a lot of calculations that need to go into that. Not everybody should do a conversion just right off the bat. So that is a different subject for a different day, but um, it could be an option. All right. When we talk about those benefits, you kind of touched on them, Andy. Uh, what are some of the benefits of having an IRA as opposed to uh, a 401k and why should you roll over? Well, control is the biggest thing for me. I I don't like anybody telling me what to do. You can ask Sam about that. Um, <laughs> you sound like my wife. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we're all in the same boat. Yeah. Um. So from a standpoint of, I get a little grumpy, especially when it comes to retirement monies as to what I can and can't do, because I really truly believe that humans by and large are savers. They don't want to see their monies get um, blown up in any sort of way. And so consequently, it makes me very grumpy when you have very limited options and or the government is telling you what you can and can't do. But that is the deal with 401ks, 403bs, 457. There are specific rules to those accounts. And the employers have basically pushed the responsibility onto us as employees or human beings. Just that's the option now since we don't have pension plans. Um, so having an IRA can be a good tool if you are still working and have the option to participate in a Roth that might be a really good choice to make because those monies later on are not taxed. Um, whereas with a traditional IRA or a traditional 401k, 403b, uh, you have not paid any taxes on those monies. And so consequently, we have signed up to be a partner with the IRS and they are really happy about that deal to take a portion of our monies because they are there to collect their taxes later on. All right. We're talking about uh, rollovers, uh, 401k here on uh uh, our show, Your Retirement. And Luke, uh, the question is, for a lot of our listeners, how do we do an IRA rollover? 
Well, that's a great question, Chuck. And when we are rolling over funds from a 401k to the IRA, um, we want to do that in a direct fashion, a direct rollover where it doesn't pass go. It doesn't collect $200 in your pocket and go to your pocket or your bank account. We want it to go from one trustee or company to another trustee. In order to do that, the account holder um, is going to need to talk to the plan administrator because every single 401k plan has their own unique rules built into it. So there's not a form that can be done, um, one standard form to just kind of pull that money over to an IRA. We've got to work with the plan administrator. Um, if you work with us and you have questions with us, we will often make that call with you because there's some specific language. There's some specific things to keep in mind to make sure that everything stays in order um, as that transaction occurs to make sure that we don't have any tax implications. And I think, Sam, you were going to talk a little bit about the tax implications of the IRA transfers. That's right. So, Sam, take it away uh, because, you know, a lot of people think, well, I make this rollover. Uh, I'm basically deferring taxes and not avoiding them. Yeah, you're never going to avoid taxes with the IRA because at some point in time, that money does have to be removed from there. That's that required minimum distribution rule. But if you do a rollover or a transfer, meaning you just going from one account to the other, um, it's a direct transfer. There's no taxes withheld. It doesn't have to be withheld because you have not touched it. However, if you receive a check and you're pulling that out of there, the IRS is going to tax you on that. And it gets confusing because... Uh, in some cases, you would have to have 10% removed. They they require that. In other cases, it's 20, where the uh, holder of the IRA that you're transferring is required to withhold 20%. But you say, well, Sam, it's, that, that doesn't make any sense. I'm only in a 12% tax bracket. I know, but they're required to do that. And then what you're going to have to do you'll get the 1099 for that. And then when you file your tax return that next year, you'll get a refund of the additional amount that they withheld. But the problem with that is that you now just gave the federal government an interest-free loan for the <laughs> length of time until you get your your uh, your uh, your refund. So you want to do this smart, folks. You want to be talking to someone who is very, very knowledgeable in IRAs to make sure that you don't get caught in a tax trap on it. Yeah, that's it's interesting because I'll just do a quick little thing before we go to Andy on uh, rules for IRA to IRA rollovers. But uh, I'm going to do a Roth conversion for my wife of X amount of dollars. And now it's going to throw me into a situation where I I pay quarterly now. But you're right, yep. because I don't know. Uh, my accountant has figured all of this out, and I, I hope he's close. But I don't want to give that uh, no-interest loan to the IRS for very much money. You know, So uh, it's something people do have to consider. So tell us about, uh, as we wrap this segment up, uh, Andy, about the rules on IRA to IRA rollovers. What's that all about? Sure. So many IRAs only allow one rollover per year on an IRA to IRA transfer. And this is also true if you are leaving your job. And um, most of the time, the company holding your 401k will not allow you to do multiple distributions to different places. So you generally have to pick it up as a whole, move it someplace else. And from there, you can distribute it kind of how you want to. But it is a one once a year calendar that runs um, on these distributions. So it doesn't apply to rollovers between traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs, but individuals who do not follow this rule may have to ex 
report extra IRA to IRA transfers and gross income in the tax year in which the rollover occurs. So be conscientious of that or work with somebody who understands the rules before you kind of willy-nilly start doing transfers. So, Sam, when we talk about all of these uh, things that people need to know, and I know that a lot of our uh, listeners are lay people, basically. They they don't think of those tax ramifications sure. about uh, 401ks and IRAs. So what can you do for them? Well, because we do nothing but work with retired people, that's, you know, that's 98% of what we do on a daily basis is working with retired people, which means working with these types of funds. Uh, we've done this thousands of times. So we have a very good and deep understanding of how this all works. And we also are humble enough and we realize what we don't know. So if we don't have the answer, we will go seek the answer from another qualified professional. But having a good handle on how these things work is very, very important. You have to not make a mistake on this because the IRS has very, very little sense of humor. Now, there are sometimes you, like can do some, yeah, you can do things where you can reverse a transaction. But I'll tell you what, folks, once you set most of these things into motion, um, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to take them out of motion. So be working with someone who is in the retirement world, who knows and understands the retirement world, uh, and who has many years, if not decades of experience in this retirement world so that you don't make a mistake. That's the key. Don't make a mistake. And uh, the people that can help you not make one are the people who do financial strategies. When you give them a call, 866-203-7486. And by the way, you can do this at no cost, no obligation. Sit down with them, explain your situation. And in part and parcel, as if you're ready to retire, they'll have a retirement lifestyle review that is custom tailored to you because it is all about your retirement. Remember that Dual Financial Strategies is independent. Uh, we talked earlier in this show about agendas. They don't have agendas. They have you as the number one requisite to be satisfied as fiduciaries in this realm. So 866-203-7486 is the number. That's 866-203-7486. Make that phone call right now. Don't procrastinate. Uh, if you want to get uh, sound retirement planning and get to know Sam, Andy, and Luke uh, at Dual Financial Strategies, they're great people to work with, and you'll find that out when you make that phone call at 866-203-7486. And in its second printing, Sam Dual has uh, penned the book, Purpose Determines Placement, and uh, if you're a good little boy or good little girl, and even if you're not, Sam will still give you a copy of that book right when you meet with him. All right, uh, Sam, uh, I don't want to put you on a limb there, but you will do that, won't you? We will indeed. <laughs> yeah, we've got a copy waiting for you. What's well, coming up in the next segment, the final segment? Questions from the listeners. Same thing every week. That's coming up next. So stick around. We've got some answers for you. back here for our final segment of uh, Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton along with Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel of Duell Financial Strategies. Uh, we are happy to bring you this program of the Fox Valley every single week. And remember their phone number again, if you uh, missed it before the break, is 866-203-7486. Five questions, Sam. We've got an ambitious uh, uh, agenda here for our final segment. So are you all set to go to open it up? Yeah, we're ready to go. All right. Jeremy's in De Pere. Uh, looking at my 401k, Jeremy says, I see transfers every three months to the same stocks moved around a little bit. Now, is that normal? 
Yeah, probably is, Jeremy. I mean, it depends upon what type of an account you have. If you've got a uh, if you've got a four hundred one k account where you have an outside firm uh, that is doing active management on that, you're probably paying a, an extra fee for that. But you could be in that program. And yes, if you're seeing those movements, um, then they could be doing that. You also could just simply be seeing uh, what we call rebalancing, where if you have a structured portfolio and it is supposed to look a certain way, certain percentage in each of the various asset classes, well, they will do a rebalance. And some companies do that quarterly, twice a year, once a year, uh, but they'll rebalance that. So they'll say, oh, well, we're, we're out of sync here. We're supposed to have X percentage in this asset class. And now that has increased to Y percentage. We've got to get this back into balance. So we, we could be saying two different things. Either it's being actively managed as a part of your agreement with the company, or they are doing rebalancing. But this is not something that is uh, is not normal. All right, Andy, you've got the next question. This is an interesting one from Bert in Green Bay. He says that my wife wants me to work until I'm 60 or more. Uh, that's kind of open-ended. I've shown her the calculations, and she still doesn't think we've got enough money to retire. Anybody else have this problem? And if so... How do you convince your significant other that retirement is possible? Well, that's a great question, Bert. Um, oftentimes, we see a difference between the um, husband and wife in a couple. And oftentimes, I think it just comes down to um, how how much does your lifestyle cost? How much are you spending? Um, where's your income coming from? Most women are not into a per se number. They don't need to have a specific, you know, million and a half dollars out there. What they want to make sure is that a check is coming in at regular intervals that will take care of food, clothing, and shelter, and that they really don't have to worry about where that's coming from. So then how are you going to facilitate um, that information. Where are you going to put your money in order to accommodate that? I don't know how much your lifestyle costs. I don't know what you have for retirement income streams other than social security. At 60, you're a little bit early. I mean, you can't collect social security at that point in time. At 60, you're just barely over the threshold to even take your 401k out of your account and move it to an IRA um, as an in-service distribution if you're still working or um, from a standpoint of if you were to retire prior to 59 and a half, then there are penalties if you roll that money out and take money out of an IRA, um, not if you generally leave it with your 401k provider, but then of course you've lost a lot of control. So I would suggest sitting down with somebody as an advisor and going through the details of your retirement and taking a look at what your lifestyle costs, do a budget, look at your income streams that you have coming in and have her participate in that so that you guys can both be on the same page about that. Sometimes it's easier if a third party is confirming what you're saying or not confirming what you're saying so that you have a clear idea of what's going on. It's an interesting question from my standpoint because uh, he's, uh, Bert says my wife wants me to work until I'm 60. My wife wants me to work till I'm 85 or 90 so I'm out of the house for eight hours a day. That's why I was kind of yeah. uh, thinking, boy, this is a unique situation. All right, Luke, let's go to Phyllis in Omro now, who says, I'm in my early 60s. I've got no time to let a 401k bounce back if it tanks. So I'm pretty nervous about what would happen to my retirement if we went into a recession. Is it a decent idea to uh, pull it all out? Or uh, the way I see it, is it better to lose some potential growth than lose a whole lot more? Hi, Phyllis. Well, I can understand your concern because we're hearing more and more people uh, with the same line of thinking that are concerned about all the risk inside of their 401k. And one of the challenges here is that um, 
with your 401k is that it's either completely risk on or it's kind of risk off. I mean, you've got those few dozen different choices. You might have like a cash or money market type of an account, but that's pretty much it. But what if there were some other options for you? Um, keep in mind that once you're 59 and a half years old, which it sounds like you're in your early 60s, you've got more choices, you've got more tools, you've got more options than just this risk on or risk off. Um, and ultimately what it sounds like, um, what I'm hearing just through this little question here is that you're looking for some principal protection. You want that money that you've worked hard for to not get obliterated. And you're willing to even forego some growth of the market in order to accomplish that. So there are some other tools available. We've talked about them throughout this segment. Um, but if you'd like to have a conversation, you've got the 401k, you're looking for some other options, give us a call. We'd love to have a conversation with you about those determine what your goals are what are your needs how does the tools that exist fit within that so that you can accomplish what you've worked so hard for i like that risk on risk off remember that the clapper clap on clap off yeah there in 1995 (laughs) (laughs) and by the way that number that luke is alluding to is 866-203-7486 make that phone call 866-203-7486 and uh, they will uh, talk about uh, your retirement in uh, and that situation about uh, uh, the uh, concern about 401k let's go to appleton frank is there Uh, sam you'll tackle this one here now i'll try all right is it better uh, to buy treasuries than corporate bonds right now because of tax implications? Uh, from what I've seen, it looks like you get taxed all kinds of ways with corporate bonds, and the yields don't feel like they're worth uh, with treasury bonds. Uh, the, the, so I'm in kind of a quandary there. Yeah, and you know, I apologize up front, Frank, but I don't think I'm going to be able to give you a straight answer on this because there's just there's not enough information. Uh, I would probably I would probably comment on it as much as anything is that um, be very very careful when you start letting the tax tail wag the retirement income doc uh, because it sounds to me like that's what you're doing here, and I've seen this mistake made. Uh, over and over and over and over again in my years of doing this, where people are so averse to paying taxes, they're so chronically fearful of paying taxes that they will give up something that would be wonderful for them to have that would actually be better for them to have and pay the taxes on than to do something different than that. So the first thing I would say is be very careful about not allowing taxes to dictate what you do because you may be making a crucial mistake. The second thing I would tell you is that if you're going to own bonds, my personal preference and our professional preference with the managers that we work with is to own those bonds inside of exchange traded funds. Uh, That way you're buying an entire universe of things, whether it's treasuries, whether it's corporate bonds, whether it's aggregate bonds worldwide, whatever the case might be, you can get a tremendous amount of diversification by using a pot, if you will, of those inside of exchange traded funds. Exchange traded funds typically have very, very low internal expense ratios. They are not a commissionable instrument. So uh, you're not paying commissions to someone for going into one of those. In most cases, uh, exchange traded funds have no trading fees inside of them. So um, the other thing about these, if you're holding these types of instruments in a non IRA account, 
there can be some specific tax advantages to having an exchange traded fund rather than owning the individual instruments. So I would say you need to sit down with someone, <clears throat> look at your entire situation, Frank, exactly what is it that you're trying to achieve? What is the goal? Back to the book, purpose determines placement. What's your purpose here? What are you trying to achieve? We may find out that neither corporate bonds nor treasuries are the right thing, that there may be an even better solution for you. But make sure you understand your options and don't allow a secondary uh, cause or concern to dictate what you're doing to the negative. Very good advice. Final question comes from Kakana and Glenn is there. Uh, Luke, he wants to know, can you explain as if I'm a seven-year-old uh, what a 401k or pension is? Hi, Glenn. Well, I'll take the pension, seeing you're giving me the option. Uh, we've we've spoke about 401ks, agnosium uh, throughout the program. So I'll take the pension and try to just present it to you in simple terms. While you're working, if you're fortunate enough to work for a company that provides a pension, another term for pension is a defined benefit. The defined benefit part just means that they're defining that every month you're going to receive X amount in the way of a paycheck. Typically, like Social Security, the longer you wait to take that benefit or that income payment every single month, that will grow just slightly up to maybe a certain point. But keep in mind that the money that was put into the pension plan, just like a 401k plan, had tax benefits up front. Therefore, later on, when it comes time to flip that switch on, take that pension income or that Social Security income it is going to be taxable income because of the way that those funds were put into there. Um, the other thing that I'll mention with a pension is just um, a, a, if we're talking about pros and cons, one of the cons or the limiting factors to a pension is that it's good for your lifetime. You turn it on for income every single month. If you pass away, that payment goes away as well. And so does all the money that was contributed on your behalf. If you're married, you can take it for your lifetime in a spouse's lifetime. It's called a joint payment. They're going to pay you a little bit less, but it's going to cover two people. Once both of you have passed away, even if you only live a year or five years, well, clearly you haven't pulled all the money out of that pension plan that is owed to you. You forfeit those benefits. Um, so for plans that offer lump sum distributions, that means that you can take your money out of the pension um, and have your own personal pension created for you. In that case, you want to explore whether those options make sense, whether that provides the value that you need it to, whether the purpose of that is uh, fit for you. But keep in mind that once it's in an IRA, now there's beneficiaries. So if one, both of you pass away, one of your loved ones is receiving that money and the pension company or the insurance company that has underwritten that pension is not um, you know, just going to line their pockets. All right. All that information comes from uh, Dual Financial Strategies, and it's very simple. Do you want that no cost, no obligation? Sit down with them about all the topics we've uh, spoken about today. Just give them a call at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486, because it is all about your retirement. Anywhere in the Fox Valley, you're listening to us. Thank you for listening. And again, you'll get that retirement lifestyle review at no cost, no obligation. Sam, your final thoughts. Well, we appreciate everybody tuning in today, and we look forward to meeting you in the days ahead.
Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.